everyone wants to make a quick buck. Yeah. It's the it's the Bitcoin, it's the NFT, mm-hmm. it's the Airbnb mm. um, kind of attitude of I can make three times by slinging on Airbnb. Actually, I can make a, a lot more profit here by doing it this way. But actually, when they start doing it and they end up in situations like that, they don't know how to deal with it. They get themselves in a mess. And that's why it comes back to still having a property professional dealing with your investment. Security we put in place, we have noise detectors on the ceiling. It's perfectly legal, it's illegal to record them speaking. So welcome back to another episode of the Investors Corner today with myself, Mike and Andy. Joining us is Lisa Knott of the Why Not Brands. I say (laughs) brands because there's two, three, four, five different strings to your bow. But Lisa... Today, we're going to specifically talk about why not stays, which is a short stay solution for people down the Airbnb route with a couple of twists on it. Obviously, our backgrounds in is more in residential lettings, residential sales. We don't really tinker in Airbnb. So I'm really excited to know, is this a flash in the pan? Is this a long-term option for people? Is this something that the government are going to come smashing down on in the next two years and is it something people should be should be looking at from an investment perspective or a get out of jail free card Mm -hmm. so firstly lisa thanks for joining us on the podcast it's great to have another guest on it's something that a few people have been asking us for over the last few months and so to match you up with uh with them is uh really useful so lisa quick synopsis on what i've just said why not stays what is it and why Okay, so Why Not Stays is a short to medium term letting opportunity. It provides the consumer with an opportunity to stay in a property as they would on a long term let, but for short periods of time. So typically, uh, people who want to stay in a property will sign a long term contract from a letting perspective and be there for a year. Their alternative is to go onto Airbnb or Booking.com and they'll be paying a nightly rate where they become a guest rather than a tenant. They have to have the same rights as a guest, which are very different to those of a tenant. Now, the thing is with a nightly rate, obviously the, the rates are increased, but that's the, re- the reason behind that is because you're offering more of a concierge personal service to your stay. It's like staying away on holiday in a hotel. Now, um, people, Airbnb, people will be familiar with Airbnb. It's uh, a multi-million pound business now. The gentleman that founded it only about seven or eight years ago He's now generating 8.8 billion in revenue per year. Done okay. Done okay Done out of that. <laughs> 1.9 of that is profit. So he's doing very well um, at the yeah, age of 41 yeah. years <laughs> old. Good for him. Good for him. Who he's would got have wanted to be an investor? Got some money to go to a few Airbnbs, isn't he? Yeah. Absolutely. So it's a big business. Uh, it's the fastest growing sector of hospitality. It grew 72% last year. So Airbnbs are in demand. Now, as most of you know, or most of you may have used an Airbnb or Booking.com before, um, they tend to be apartments. They tend to be smaller properties. They tend to be properties that people aren't considering staying in for maybe one night, two nights. In mine, it's normally a week, two weeks at a time. We recognized there was an untapped market um, that wasn't being serviced in, in the right way. And that was for people who wanted longer than a week or two, but didn't want a year and perhaps wanted a home from home experience. So they're looking for a property that provides them the same as what they have at home. It might be a swimming pool. It might be a huge garden. It might be a five car drive. It might be somewhere that they're considering to move where they want to stay for a short time and see whether they like it. So we started to um, 
broker relationships and conversations with concierge companies, relocation companies, people that actually I in my previous life as an interior designer had formed relationships with anyway. Mm. And I recognized that there were people out there who want a luxury property that probably isn't on Airbnb and they want the flexibility to stay in it for shorter periods of time than a long-term let. And so we've started to build that environment. We're talking to homeowners who have second properties, investment properties, properties that maybe they live in for part of the year and then they move abroad and the rest of the time it's standing vacant. It could be generating income for them. Mm. It's an asset and they can profit from that property. Um, so we're starting to bring those people together with the, with the properties, with those that want to stay in them and the people that want to stay in them. And there's again, a massive demand are people who are relocating to the areas, maybe for their job, uh, they're living abroad. We've got a lot of inquiries at the moment from people from Dubai and the States. They're thinking of moving into maybe Berkshire. They don't know exactly where, but they know what they want to mm. live in and how they want to live. So matching them up a bit like a dating agency, we've got the client who wants the perfect dream home mm. and we've got to find the perfect dream home for them to stay in, albeit for a short time. But that potentially could end up being their forever home because we're emotional buyers. You, we fall in love. You walk into the property. Oh, this is nice. The kids start to make friends with people in the street. They start to like the school that they've been put in. You know, their wife starts to make friends at the gym or get to know the neighbors. And before you know it, potentially you've got a sale on your hands, which is another subject, of course. So let's if we split if we split it down into different market sectors, you've obviously got the two bedroom apartment, town center, yep. employment stuff, a middle market, I yep. imagine, where you've got families who need to break chains or need short term accommodation where they're moved or job relocations. And then you've got the super high end, which yep. I know around here, there's an incredibly seasonal market for the polo crowd and for the Ascot crowd and for the Middle Eastern summer crowd, Correct. amongst others. Yep. I imagine there's there's more than just those three, but those are three that really bump things up. Yep. because we're on the borders of Winkfield and Ascot and, and, and those sorts of places. So what should maybe investors out there be looking for and what are the risks? Okay, so from an investment perspective, I think if you are in the, in the, um, in the realm of having a larger property, certainly you're going to attract people who are relocators, probably international clients, who are relocating or considering moving to this country. Um, and if you have a large property with desirable aspirational environments, certainly that would be a wise investment because there is definitely a shortage of those. The concierge companies that we're speaking to in London, um, they have a lot of clients coming over for medical reasons. They're paying for private medical care in the UK and they will be here for several months for their uh, for their um, treatments. Mm. They can't fly home for a while. They'll bring their family. They'll bring their kids. They'll be here for a while. As I said, we've got the international relocation um, people. Um, definitely that would be a wise move. And we're looking to work with people who have those beautiful homes that for some reason are sitting empty. Maybe they're on the market and they're not selling in a challenging climate at the moment. Maybe they're just sticking around longer than they did maybe two or three years ago. And, and they could be profiting from those. Um, the risks are low, to be honest. When you're on a long-term tenancy, of, I feel that the 
challenges for a landlord are becoming higher all the time. You know, mm. there's more regulation and legislation. The restrictions that they have are far greater on they than the tenants often often have. Um, the risks with short to medium term accommodation or lettings are fairly low because you're treated, they are a guest, they're not a tenant. So their rights are very small. Yeah. So if you were staying in a hotel and you're disruptive and you're having a party or you're being abusive to staff, the police and the security can remove you instantly. You have the same rights under Airbnb. Mm. So you can have those people removed. So from a landlord's perspective, your property is very much protected. It's highly unlikely that you're going to have a problem with a guest. You also have a professional company such as Why Not Stays who manage that property for you as if it were their own. So we've got 24-7 phone cover. We have security uh, systems in place. We're fully insured. We visit the property regularly. We do personal check-ins at the gate to make sure they're shown around. It's a very personalized service. So the, the risks are very low. The other thing is that people say, well, you know, what if we don't get paid? And you're paid in advance, just like with Airbnb, although we're not putting why not stays on Airbnb because the properties are of a completely different caliber. Mm. Um, we will have private contracts between us and the property owner and us and the guest um, fully insured and all the, all the all the sort of things that you'd expect us to have in place. But it's a very, very different experience. It will be a quality, not quantity business model. Mm. So with Airbnb, you typically find people have 30, 40, 50 of them. I've got three of my own already, but they're a different market. It's a different product to attract a different demographic of user. This is a much higher level. We're probably only going to have 10 mm. properties on our books and they will be high end that's what we're looking for people that properties that families want to move to you know uh we spoke about one the other day uh we've got one in uh locally in winkfield at the moment that we're discussing beautiful house um it's got a property within the grounds of the ha home and the homeowner has done a fantastic job on on refurbing it it's an amazing property and it sits there empty I was like, why have you not made any money mm. out of it? It's sitting empty. And they're like, well, we need it in July and August because family visit. Well, what about the other 10 months of the year? When we calculated the nightly rates and we've shown them what kind of figures we think we can perform for them, they were like, wow, that's a child's school fees for a whole quarter, a whole term. Mm. That's amazing. So, yeah, it's it, it addresses lots of problems as long as what we were saying with agents as and well. The, and the sort of model is completely hands-off approach from that owner of the property, isn't it? Cause like you said, it's Absolutely. low risk compared to a, a normal yep. rental of a, of a property where you've got all of these regulations in place and people get scared and, and sort of worried about what they've potentially got to do and what they're potentially liable for. Yep. But with this sort of investment route, you look after everything yep they just give you the property and say yep we go, qualify all everything. the guests contract with all the guests we have our own in-house maintenance yeah. team we have why not um installations which do all the maintenance and repairs on all the properties we've got our own in-house cleaning and housekeeping business um which is managed by uh, mm. one of our directors marta um so nothing is outsourced everything is in-house so we're completely in control of everything yeah. Um, the guests that stay will have 24 access, 24 hour access to via their WhatsApp group. So they, the, from the homeowner's perspective, it's completely hands off, and it could generate them as much as twice the amount that they could do on a short, on a long term let. Is that is that sort of the returns that we're seeing then twice as twice as much? Absolutely, yeah. So we've calculated some figures on a property that you know we discussed briefly last week, um, and that could be potentially double per month. Mm with a completely hands-off. What's the occupancy level basing that on? Um, on that one, it's on 70%. 
So we always do the numbers to make sure that we break even at 50%. Right. So um, for, for my properties, our properties in the group ourselves, we always run the numbers that on 50% we can pay. That's your worst case scenario. Worst yeah. case scenario. And with, a, with, a, with an, um, a sector at the moment that's grown as fast as it is, uh, most of ours are performing at, at least 80 the ones in Coventry are performing at 95 and 98%. They're rarely vacant. Different product again. Mm. So they're full of contractors Monday to Friday. And at the weekend, it's typically people visiting the universities there to check them out for their kids or visiting their kids while they're in uni. Very different. This is much more high-end families, relocators, people stuck in the chain process, people looking to try before they buy an area. And I think that's what's unique about it is Airbnb has been going for a while and it's hugely successful, but there's actually a massive gap and an opportunity here for us to think about the struggles that people are facing while they're trying to relocate or move in, in difficult times. Mm. Um, and this represents an opportunity to not break the chain. This represents an opportunity to try an area and fall in love with it before you make the biggest investment you're ever going to make. We were saying just before we started here that if you go to buy a car, you'll go and test drive it at least once for 15 minutes, half an hour. Some companies, depending at the high level, will give you that car for the weekend and you'll drive it for a weekend before you make that investment mm -hmm. of you know, £100,000, £200,000, whatever it is. With a property, sometimes you might visit it once or twice and walk around for 15 minutes, but you haven't bought into the culture, the environment, the neighbourhood, the schools, the lifestyle that you're going to be adopting once you make that move. And this creates the opportunity for people to do that. And from a selling perspective, they emotionally buy. And once we've emotionally bought, it's very hard to then pack up and leave a place mm -hmm. that you love. So that helps as well with the selling process, we believe, we hope. So... Two things, going back a couple of minutes, you gave everyone a really quick tip within about two seconds and glazed over it. If you want an Airbnb, Coventry's an amazing market. Um, <laughs> just to throw amazing. it out there, 95% occupancy rate on three Airbnbs in the yeah. centre of Coventry. Um, for those who don't know Coventry, I've never been there, don't know anything about it, but it will, it will tip a few people's interests, just that statistic. Yeah. I would like to know the difference between a guest and a tenant from a regulatory point of view because your perception is your reality. And I look at Airbnbs or short stays and my perception is risk and parties. Mm. Yep. And you can prove me wrong with the difference in a guest and a tenant and why okay. that's not a risk. Okay, so with a tenant... Um, obviously they pay you monthly or the landlord monthly. Um, they would have been credit checked and reference checks, but you know, as we all know, sometimes those can slip through the net and references aren't always what you think they're going to be. Yeah, people's yeah. circumstances change. Absolutely. And COVID was a classic example of that where, you know, good tenants were in good properties and suddenly they found themselves either sick, mm. suffering with mental health issues, um, made unemployed, made redundant. And suddenly they found themselves in a position they couldn't quite reach the financial commitments that they had made through, mm -hmm. no, committed to through no fault of their own. Yeah. The landlords were left with, well, hold on a minute, I've still got mortgages to pay on this property and I need paying as well. My brother-in-law owns multiple properties and he fell victim to this quite a lot during COVID in that I need to be a nice guy, right? Mm. I can't ask these people to leave, but equally I've got bills to pay and I'm not earning any money. Yeah. Occasionally we know it goes beyond that and there's all sorts of things about getting people to leave your property if they're not paying and it, it sometimes gets messy. Um, and the rights are very much in favour of the tenant and um, 
you, you have all these new restrictions now about how quickly you can put up their rents by how much you can put up their rents, how much notice you have to give them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's just as likely or possible that you take on a tenant and in six months time, they start throwing wild parties. They start growing something they shouldn't in your basement. They start, does happen. It does, mm. They start operating a business. It's not a very favorable business to the neighbors from that from that location. Mm. It can happen. 100%, yeah. With a short term stay, you have all the rights to remove them. Firstly, they're paid in advance. They'll pay the Airbnb operator. In the case of why not stays, they'll have paid us in advance. There is no chance that ever the landlord or the homeowner is not going to be paid because we already have that money in advance. If they then therefore misbehave, hold parties, abuse the property, break the rules of the house, you can ask them to leave. You can have them forced to be removed in the same way as a hotel owner can force a guest to leave. You have to think of them as a guest in a hotel rather than a tenant in a So there's no notice that you need to provide to them. You can ask them to leave the property straight away and that's it. And if they leave straight away, they don't get a refund. If they're in breach of the contract, them's the rules. We had one incident uh, at one of our Airbnbs up in Coventry where we had some ladies working from the accommodation that we had to ask to leave. Say no more. Yeah, yeah say no more. <laughs> it was a very busy apartment in the apartment block, the busiest apart- the busiest yeah. comings and goings in and out the door, but I had the right by law, I checked with the police before mm. I asked them to remove, uh, asked them to leave what my rights were. I had every right to ask them to leave there and then on the night they'd paid for a week in advance no refund, abuse of the contract. It clearly states no business operation. Where we go the extra mile as well is in every single property that we set up, either on behalf of our investors, and many investors work with us to find the right property in the right location to set up on a, as a short-term let. Um, and we make that decision for them. We do the due diligence, we furnish it, we decorate it, we get it systemized out on the OTAs and generating them a good return. We do that anyway. On our own, we do the same. And if we take one over on why not stays, the security we put in place, we have noise detectors on the ceiling. It's perfectly legal. It's illegal to record them speaking. It's perfectly legal to have a noise detector on the ceiling so that it's set at a certain decibel. And if it rises above that, it comes up as a ping on my phone and I can call the tech guest and say, could you turn the music down, please? It's too loud. So I'm in complete control of any noises and parties Mm. and so on and so forth we have ring doorbells security doorbells which record people coming and going so if they book for one and 10 people pile in i know they're piling 10 people in that that normally means there's some sort of party going to be going on i can ring them and say 10 people have just gone through the door can i just remind you there's strictly no parties in the apartment so it should run fairly smoothly you know we're very on the ball we've got all the security systems in place other than the ladies of the night working, that's the only incidents we've had. And within an hour and a half, I was in Coventry. I was going to say, it doesn't sound like they made it to the night. No, they didn't. Uh, no. <laughs> they didn't. They checked Pretty in sharpest. at lunchtime and by nine o'clock they'd left, having paid for a week in advance. And Airbnb were like, well, they're not getting their money back. They're in breach. So, yeah, yeah it's it's very good. It's very easy to control it. If you, It's all about the systemization and the management. Yeah. And people could get in a mess if they think, oh, this is quite an easy way of making three times the amount of money. I'll swap to doing this without the systemization, without the processes in place, it could go wrong. And I think a lot of people have done it that way to think, right, actually, I can make a a lot more profit here by doing it this way. But actually, when they start doing it and they end up in situations like that, they don't know how to deal with it. They get themselves in a mess 
And that's why it comes back to still having a property professional Correct. Yeah, dealing with your investment, dealing with your asset. Absolutely. they're the right people to Well, yep. it's, it's a reflection of, of today's society. Everyone wants to make a quick buck. Yeah. It's the it's the Bitcoin, it's the NFT, mm-hmm. it's the Airbnb mm. um, kind of attitude of I can make three times by slinging on Airbnb or making it a HMO. If you're going to make three times, you're going to have to expect to work harder to to get to it. And I had no idea you could buy decibel sensors. No. Such a good idea. Yeah, very, yeah. You're, very easy. It, it just it just it was going to give your neighbours so much more confidence mm. to know that you're on top of it and managing it, regardless of where you are. Um, I'd love to know the percentage of people who run those sorts of properties who go to those levels to mm. do it properly. Well, it's quite interesting because uh, I'll very quickly just tell you a, a little story. The, the day that we went to remove the ladies working from the apartment, we did so very swiftly and effectively. And it, it, it absolutely minimised the disruption in an apartment block where residential homeowners are living. Yeah. Mm. That's their home and there are children there as well. So we had to squash it quite quickly. Um, and I reported it to the police as well. I was very uh, effective in helping provide them with the evidence and they found the gentleman that was running underage young ladies working totally wrong so we were very effective in helping the local community um, I also brought about it highlighted it to West Midland, West Midlands police we had a meeting on site in the apartment block all the people living there had a chance to have a voice about what was what was going on in the local community. And, and one gentleman turned up who was a landlord who owns half a dozen apartments in this property, in this apartment block, and he also happens to live there. And he came in with crossed arms and a very angry face and said, what are you doing here? You're one of these service accommodation you on the shoulder. operators, aren't you? What are you doing here and what's your interest? It's all about the money, isn't it? And I was like, well, actually, no, I want to make this a safe community because my guests are staying here and they're their safety is my concern. My mm. reputation is on the line here. Anyway, to cut a very long story short, he came in with anger and animosity and an attitude that was very defensive and anti-me. And strangely, after a two-week process of improving the security on the door, improving the process by which people get in and out of the building, which I was instrumental with with the police, he's now offered four of his six properties to me because he was renting his out. He's had untold problems. He's got no security recordings of them at the door. Mm. He's got no noise detectors. He didn't have the systems in place. And so he's tried to do it himself, but then recognized that there's a lot more work to it than is required, than he, mm. he first set out and believed. And so now we're taking on his as well. And you're absolutely right. You have to understand the systems. You have to understand how to manage the security. You have to put the, the property belonging to the owner as a priority in the whole process. And as I said, you can only do that if you do it on a quality, not quantity model, which Mm. is why we're aiming at the higher level, larger properties, more valuable properties. And we think that's where there's a... So if you're setting up a short-term rental, regardless of the market, are the regulations to gas and electricity and EPCs and everything that goes along with it the same as an AST? Uh, they're pretty much the same. I mean, you've got to comply. You know, you've got to have uh, all your EPCs done. You've got to. You should have your fire alarms, your smoke detectors, your carbon monoxide detectors. All of those things have to be in safe. The safety and security of the people staying there are the same whether they're long term or short term. Mm. That doesn't really change. That's the same. That's great. I mean it 
you don't want it to be more regulated, but at the same time, from a even from a care, duty of care perspective, you don't want it to be, oh, no, do this, because you don't have to comply with a load of yeah, regulations. Yeah. That's the last thing that I really want to hear yeah. of a reason to, to invest or go into yeah. a certain type of market, Andy. And, yeah. the good, and the good thing is that the regulations are going to tighten up with Airbnb, which mm. is a good thing. Yeah. It's it's like with HMO licensing, right? Which chases the bottom out of the market, yeah. Absolutely. right? Yeah. It gets rid of the people that are not doing it properly. It devalues the proposition um, because there are people that are doing it wrongly and they put a bad reputation on everything that's going on. So service accommodation is going to become more regulated, but that's good. It means the people that are doing it badly and not conforming because they're currently under the radar and they think no one's watching mm. will be wiped out. And that's a good thing. That's yeah. a good thing for everyone. So we look forward yeah. to a situation where we can be in the top tier and perform at a level that people, guests and landlords should expect yeah. if they're working with us. I think it's like normal lettings as well that, you know, when new regulatory stuff comes in, you know, we welcome it because like Mike just said, it just drives out sort of the people that, yeah, they've got a property, they just want to get tenants in, want to take their money, but don't want to offer anything to those tenants in, re- in return for that money that they're, that they're getting. Um, you know, I've, I've had some horror stories, I'm sure you have as well, of, of landlords not getting maintenance issues, mould at the property, you know, health issues towards a tenant because the landlord hasn't looked after the property. So, yeah, any new stuff that comes in that protects tenants and is fair to landlords to yeah. to do at their, at their property as well, we... Yeah, we welcome it. We welcome uh, it. Absolutely. absolutely. I've, my daughter's just come back from three years at Nottingham University and they left Speaking it of the bottom of the market. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the bottom of the market. And let's face it, they don't look after the properties that they're in. It's a big risk putting students in your properties. But to be fair, there's a lot that goes behind under mm. the radar as well. And I remember the day she moved in, they were very late to get a property. Again, supply and demanding Nottingham great area if you can get some properties i'd love an airbnb a serviced accommodation in nottingham as a parent every time i went up there all the hotels in the city center would be fully booked Mm. and so i'd stay quite a long way out in order to visit her so having some airbnbs in the center of nottingham would be really good high quality boutique style would be amazing Mm. but anyway she moved into her property and a four-story house six girls moving in the basement bathroom i kid you not had weeds and trees growing through the side wall. They had water on the floor with slugs on the bathroom floor. They also wow. had not a single fire door in the entire four-storey building. Wow, on a four-storey wow. house. On a four-storey house. And I was ringing the agent that's managing the property for the landlord and said, this is totally against the law. Mm. I am not allowing my daughter to stay in a house where there's not a single fire door. And by the way, she doesn't really want to get out of the shower and have a slug on her foot either, just mm. by the by. But yeah, it's atrocious what, what yeah, you know what's happening out there and, and it's good to be regulated yeah i think so so another thing that i just want to touch on then so we were speaking before about when you go to buy a new car mm-hmm. and you test drive it yes and you fall in love with it you get a feeling for it um that's car so your thing that you've got is sort of a try before you buy on a property yeah which is exactly a that if you were going to buy a new car, it's exactly the same thing. You you try it before you before yep. you buy it. So talk to me more about that and how that works. In what cases would you potentially use that? Um, because it's something that it's something new that I've heard mm-hmm. recently from yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was keen to talk about that and how that would work. And it's a different offering there 
than potentially just a property falling through and, and yeah. sort of marketing it again, really. It, it literally came around as a, you know, when you start a business and you start to talk to your co-directors mm. and flush out, you know, who's our target market? Who are we aiming this to? Who are we helping with this service? Let's think about the end user consumer, the guest. Let's think about the landlord or the property owner. And let's think about all the people that will have engagement with those people along the way, mm. people like yourselves. Um, how do we offer them something as well? How are we going to help solve some of their problems? And so there's the market, which are maybe people that need short to medium stays, like um, people staying away on business for a long time, but they have, they've left a multi-million pound mm. home in, in America and they're here for six months. They're going to want a nice place to stay in while they're here for six months. They might bring their family. Mm. That's one market. There's then the, well, hold on a minute. There's a lot of problems in the property buying process. I mean, the UK has always been one of the slowest, let's face it, compared to lots of other places in the world. Mm. It takes time. There's a lot of chains that can fall apart. I've fallen foul to that in my in my past. And everyone's gutted and, and it's a problem. There's another opportunity there to actually go, well, okay, let the chain carry on. You move out here for just a few weeks. We'll solve mm. that problem. Everyone's then happy. But there's also this concept that we discovered by talking was, well, hold on a minute. If we're going to put people that are maybe thinking, maybe their chain's fallen apart, maybe the whole thing does fall apart, who knows? What about if they're thinking of moving into an area, but they haven't yet found the property that they love? They're still looking. They're using agents to say, we would like a five or six bedroom house with X, Y, Z. These are our must-haves. These are our nice-to-haves. Mm. Help us find the property of our dreams. Okay, well, you're moving into the area why don't you rent one of the properties that we've currently got on our books at the moment? We think you're going to like it. Mm. You can try the area, move in. Your kids get to find out whether they're going to have friends, whether they're going to fit in with the schools. Your wife will get to know the area and decide this is an area you might like to move to. So people could move into it for weeks or months at a time, hopefully emotionally buy into it. And before you know it, what starts out as a short to medium term letting opportunity, fixing their problem, mm becomes a well, we quite like it here now we actually don't want to move and, and you know could this be on the market you know could we buy this from somebody that works as well if you've got a property that's not selling at the moment you know if we can find people and we have more demand at the moment than we have properties at the moment people that want to move into certain areas we're trying to find the properties those ones that are standing empty at the moment trying to be sold there's an untapped opportunity there to put people into them who knows, they might end up being the buyers of those the properties. Property. That's what could happen once they move in and they're emotionally unpacked, they've fallen in love with everything. Suddenly a property that wasn't selling could be sold at the full asking price because once they've moved in, they're not going to move out, are they, if they love it? Mm. That's, that's, that's the beauty of this and what's not happening is empty properties cost money. Whether they're mortgaged and someone's paying for that to stand there empty or whether they're not mortgaged, they could be generating income. They could expedite a sale far quicker than just marketing it as you do so brilliantly. Mm. You know, put someone in it and that could be your buyer. So that's a whole completely different ball game that we came about just by talking about who our target market was. And we drive past a lot of properties in and around Sunningdale, Ascot, these beautiful properties standing empty. The percentage know. of empty homes oh across God. Virginia Water, Ascot, Sunningdale Crazy. is unbelievable because people are there maybe one, two months a year. They have the house closed down and leave um, yep. or they'll just sit on it until or sometimes the plot value is worth more than the house value. Correct. So 
in selling a property. I know across the market, not just at the top of the market, quite often lived in house is yep. far more attractive to a buyer than a vacant house. Absolutely. Vacant houses often show, I mean, you're an interior designer by trade, so I'm sure you're going <laughs> to nod yeah. your head when I say a vacant house is probably the worst time to ever view because all you can see is faults. Yep. Yeah. You see all the faults, you see all the blemishes. You don't feel a lifestyle. You know, if it's dressed, mm. you'll feel a lifestyle. You'll feel the concept of space as well. Yep. You know, I, I've worked for new show home, uh, new developers for many, many years selling show homes for, you know, some of the Octagons, uh, Barclay Homes, Millgates. I've worked for all of them on a contractual basis over the years. And selling off plan or selling an empty show home is really hard because the first thing people will do will walk in and go, well, would the bed fit in here? Yeah. Would it yeah. fit in here? Where would the wardrobe go? And, and and what do you think about this? And I have to try, I mean, the value that I have working for new show home developers is that as an interior designer, I can talk to them conceptually about great ideas to create storage that hasn't been thought about or different ways of reconfiguring the room. Mm. But it is hard and it's so much easier. That's why you dress a show home because it will sell quicker. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's the same kind of thing. Um, and if a property is dressed and looks like a home, it's far easier to try and create that emotional purchase. Far easier. Yeah, you can create that vision of a home rather than just a shell or a space that you're going to... And one yeah, of the questions we've been asked just... by actually, I approached them. I, my, my territory as an interior designer used to be over in Virginia Water, Sunningdale, Wentworth and so on. And, and I approached one of the people that I know that owns four houses in Wentworth and said, well, two of them are standing empty. Why is that? Well, one of them we've been trying to sell for quite a long time and it's just not selling. Well, there's only a certain demographic of buyer when you're trying to sell a property for 15 mm, million. Yeah. The volume of people that are open to buy yeah. that becomes smaller. And with the climate the way it is, some people are feeling a little bit uneasy and mm. so on and so forth. So it's like, well, you could be making money out of those. Well, how would we make money out of those? Well, the problem is at the moment is they'll say, well, they're empty. They've got no furniture in it. And when someone's selling a house, the last thing they want to do is to start spending money on a house that they're trying to yeah. sell. Mm. We've come up with a solution for that as well. As well as having interior design skills in-house, which we will apply free of charge with no fees associated with my skills in being able to dress that property. We also have uh, a situation where we have leasing partners where we can uh, buy furniture and pay it off on a monthly basis with very affordable rates you can rent furniture for periods yep. mm. of time and put it in there at very affordable rates but let's face it if i said to someone spend i don't know fifty thousand pounds on putting some furniture in that property which is currently empty how quickly are they actually going to get that back if over mm. a period of months i can rent it out at £20,000 a month, £25,000 a month. It's not going to take very long no. to get the return on their investment. And if that then puts someone in a property who potentially might then buy it at the full asking price, you know, rather than reducing the price of the property, everybody wins, doesn't it? The commission yeah. for the agent is at the at the level that they expected. You haven't had to reduce it by 50000 20000 100000 mm. They've got a return on the investment nine times out of ten you can bet that when they move in and they buy that property, they want the furniture anyway. Yeah. Because it's been made to design to fit Because they're the house. used to it. Yeah, it's designed to be there, isn't it? They so why would you want to get rid of it? taking it out. It's yeah. the same with developers. You dress a show home, someone will buy the show apartment. Probably one of the first ones to sell yeah. is the show apartment. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. It's because it's dressed. Yeah, yeah 100%. You get, you get visual buyers, you get tactile buyers, and you get practical buyers. Yeah. If you can appeal to all three, because... 
your design is practical as well as visual and tactile, mm. those people are going to fall over themselves to pay a premium yep. for those for those properties, which are exactly the same as anything else. And mm -hmm. you could have done it. it. Takes me on to furnishings because your average property investor is not an interior designer, yeah. um, and your short term lets some of them awesome and that's what attracts me i'm going away to see grandparents in the north of england next month i'm paying 120 pounds a night to stay in a terraced house which i know i could probably buy for 120 grand yeah. <laughs> but, why don't you try yeah. before you buy well <laughs> yeah. offer, offer coming in shortly but, <laughs> i know it's a it's a low priced part of a low priced town where my grandparents live but i'm willing to pay that premium to stay there because my family will be happy. We're taking the dog up there. So a hotel's totally impractical. So it just makes sense. So there's obviously a massive premium, but how do people get to furnishing it that way? Uh, well, they could ask for help. That's exactly what, what I do as part of a, a different property proposition that I have different property business that I have. So people can ask for that help. So when I work with investors, um, and it can be from as little as sort of 10 to 12,000 pounds, we're finding service accommodation units that they can set up for service accommodation use. And, and they look at it and say, well, it's an empty shell. There's nothing in it. How do I furnish it? Now, most landlords or investors will go to Ikea yep. and fill yeah. a van full of flat pack. <laughs> I was waiting for Ikea to be dropped <laughs> yeah, in. The yeah, they'll go to Ikea and they'll spend a whole weekend effing and blinding while they put it all together yeah. and banging their thumbs and so on and so forth. And they put it together and they put it in. And, you know, it will last for a period of time, but sometimes buying cheap will cost you dear and you'll mm. replace it several times over. But it doesn't have that. It doesn't have the creativity. It's, it's it doesn't have the look. It's practical, but, yeah, but it's yeah. not necessarily durable, and it's yes. not certainly not aspirational. Mm. Yes. So what we do is to try and make the uh, apartments and the properties that we have fit in with the culture of the environment. So um, in a city centre, we'll try and make it sort of a biolithic look. Lots of plants, mm. lots of wood, lots of greenery. Make it feel like you're in some outdoor space. Um, we've done two in the last month. Uh, another one of them was in Coventry you're in a concrete city but inside the apartment it feels like you're in a woodland there's lots of mm. you know oak on the wall green paints lots of plants it's been made to feel like you're in a country escape it's a completely diverse feel from what you see outside the one we did last weekend in Manchester just in Salford um Again, the, 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 the view from the window is amazing. You're looking over Man United football ground, Salford Keys. You've got the water right in front of you. It's all lit up at night. Amazing. But it was white walls, wood floor, mm. everything sterile, cold. We've turned it into a bit of a funky, crazy bear kind of look. So yeah, it's, a bit, nice. it's a bit of a funky metropolis in the middle of a city centre. And when I spoke to the management at where the maintenance company that are taking over maintaining that property for me in Manchester and the cleaning company that are taking over the cleaning of that property for me in Manchester on Monday, they both went to view it and said, wow, this looks so different from any property that we're currently maintaining or cleaning. Mm. And that's the thing, as you've quite rightly said, Mike, we as human beings are visual buyers. If you're on a dating app, I've been there. You swipe left <laughs> with all the ones that are of no interest. Yeah. To you. We buy with our eyes first. Then you look at 
location do they have any kids you know what do they do for a living do they like traveling you know you look for all the detail it's the same when you look for a property you'll look at the property picture first Mm. and then you'll work out whether it's got parking whether they're going to take the dog how far is it from the park for the kids how far is it from the beach all those sorts of practical things but first it's with your eyes and getting it to pop out and stand out in the market is key understanding who the demographic buyer or user is is Mm. key how does that person want to live you know are they a professional football player what might they want in that apartment you know is gym facilities on site important to them probably yes yeah private parking for their aston martin underground gonna be critical they're Mm. not going to put it in an ncp car park all these things you've got to think (laughs) about and dress it accordingly that's quite key and that's the value of what we bring because we do interior design we can do the furnishings, we can do the decorations, we can do the cleaning, we can do the housekeeping, we can do the maintenance. It's all wrapped up in one business. Mm. So, yeah, everything's taken care of. So we've been through quite a lot. We've been through what is an Airbnb or a short let. We've been through what is a guest and not a tenant. What are the marketing risks? What are your, what are your risks in, in, in opposed to doing this as a normal AST or non-housing act agreement for, for the higher end? How do we go and furnish it? And why would you do it? Is it a chain breaker? Is it an investment? Is it an empty property? And is it a try before you buy? So Lisa, we really, really appreciate you coming in. As ever, your contact details will be on the show notes on YouTube or Apple or Spotify, wherever you're catching up on this or even on our on our social media. If anyone wants to get in contact with Lisa over potentially investing in this, where they've got an empty property and this highlights something that they should be doing that they're not doing, please do. As ever, Lisa, thanks so much thank for you, joining thank us. Guys, it's been really you. enjoyable and we'll catch up next week. Thank you, guys. Why have we made the Investors Corner podcast, Ian? I think online at the moment, there is just way too much noise, waffle and nonsense. Everyone's got an agenda. So the goal was to make a podcast for people that want to invest money in property or other areas where there's no waffle, there's no nonsense, there's no agenda. It's opinion led, but it's an honest opinion. And it might not be the right answer, but we're going to share it. So on the podcast, we're going to supply people with access to mortgage brokers, financial advisors, planning experts, development consultants, everything around the property industry and the wider fields. Yeah, so if you're looking at investing in the future, you know that just having an income from your employer or from your business is not enough to give you the life that you want down the line. We're going to hopefully give you some of those answers that will give you the solutions you need for the future. So please hit the subscribe button. The more subscribers we get, the better guests that we can get on and the more people that we can reach. So hit subscribe.